God, why do I suck what at is this? Golf? Like tournaments? What is this, amateur hour? Dude, says the dude wearing a golf visor. <laughs> I like golf. We, did we talk about uh, golf, too? Oh, we just no. watched... Emily and I just watched a Tiger documentary. Pretty good. Oh, okay. It's pretty interesting. I nothing golf. You do not. I like nothing to almost don't like golf. What about miniature golf? <laughs> yeah, mini golf is fun. <laughs> okay. Okay, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's not. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to The John Chi Show. Uh, It is your boys, KJ, Nathan, and Patrick. Uh, coming in hot with another episode. Uh, so hot. Hello, everyone. Whoa, Nathan is feeling himself over there. <laughs> no, I was All right. about you guys. You guys are so hot, Nathan, right? Nathan, don't I, be I don't gross. Know. Okay, sorry. This is not okay. I appreciate okay. it. Creepy. I appreciate Anyways, it. Uh, Nathan, what guy. does John Chi mean for all of our new listeners or old listeners who have forgotten? John Chi, which as we... Instead <laughs> in one of our last episodes, we might be kind of pronouncing it wrong. It's not really like Chanchi. No, okay, Chanchi, wait. Actually, right? oh, did you that's... look it up? Yeah, we <laughs> no, didn't no, no. talk about that. No, I wanted to say when I was editing because I, I missed it when he said it in person. But the way Patrick said it, both ways are correct. The oh. first way was Patrick's <laughs> enunciation. The second way was just Jerry's pronunciation. <laughs> so <laughs> it was just Patrick doing a Jerry Wan impression of Chanchi. Nice. There's not Chanchi. like is it Chanchi? Because Jerry just said Chanchi. Yeah, but no, he does. But the, the inflection on the part of the word is different. Right. Like, no, ours is on the chi. I feel like, and his is on the jun. Jun. No, jun. I think his is just more like terse Dan and chi. shortened jun chi. Like you really feel his jaw move when he says it. <laughs> and so Patrick, when you were saying it like like Jerry, I was like, oh, there goes his jaw. All right. Anyways, <laughs> Good I wish know. we had uh, the camera on for that to see what my jaw did. <laughs> see my jaw action. Uh, zoom in on the jaw cam. And yeah, there do. he goes, tightening his jaw there again. Super slow mo. <laughs> All right, <laughs> that was fun. Junchi. Anyways, Nathan, what does Junchi mean? Junchi. 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 It means festival, celebration, feast. Uh, you know, it's it's a party, and we are here to celebrate and party whoop, whoop. with our Korean heritage and our whoop. our just our stories. So. Party together. Because we are adopted. Ooh, pop quiz. What does Janchi Heyo mean? Janchi Heyo. You know, for the longest time, I thought thought you were saying hey, like hey o or hey yo. (laughs) Yeah. Hey o. Is that like fun party? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, No, it's to do a party. Oh, I like that even better. That's even a, that's even better. Yeah, so it it literally, like, yeah, I, okay, so I don't think this technically works in Korean, like proper Korean grammar. And I know that I talked about it on the show, but just as a refresher, uh, adding the f- the verb hada at the end of a noun can make it like, right. it's like when we say adulting, you know, you're like to do oh. uh, being the adult. So, right. but like in Korean, that is an actual way to say like the verb to, or noun to verb things. So, janchi heyo, like on top of it just being like janchi heyo is also literally like to party. So I like, that's what, it. like it's a it's a double mm. meaning, you know? It's a little Wait, little wordplay. It's not Janchi Hada, it's Janchi yeah. Heyo. Well, Hada is the the oh. unconjugated. So when it's gotcha. conjugated in Chundemal for just people, you could say Janchi Heyo or Janchi Hamnida or Janchi Hey, depending on your uh formalities. But Janchi Heyo, that's the easiest to stick with that. 
We That's still need bad to do some Spanish. language classes I here. Couldn't do it's, the conjugations. It's the conjugations are so much it. easier in Korean. Oh, yes. okay. Because there's like there's past tense, present tense, future tense, and then like it's it's all the same no matter who you're talking to basically. And then you have formalities and stuff. But like it's it's pretty pretty simple. The the more difficult part about Korean is the particles and like word endings that change the the meaning of a sentence guys this wasn't what we were going to talk about this wasn't going to be another we did this the last episode this isn't going to be another language lesson but language is so interesting i mean come on we'll talk about it once patrick has started his class yes oh yeah that'll be a good time to revisit for sure then he'll be like okay so what's that thing about the particles it'll literally just be korean language study hour that'll be the beginning of all of our podcasts like all right guys you gotta help me but hey so what are we going to talk about what is this intro uh, yeah, so anyways, <laughs> today we're talking about music because our guest music. is mm. Jordan Van Hemert, uh, and we recorded his episode late 2020, um, so some of the things are uh, pre, like, even the election, really. Um, I think that's how early it was, and we've just been sitting on it because we have some things. He has some things that are happening in his life that we want to uh, big him up for, so we've just been like, we're trying to support him in, in all of his projects, so uh, he is a professional musician. He has a doctorate in wind instruments i think is what he says uh, so. or wind performance uh but specifically he plays saxophone jazz sax uh so yeah he's uh, he's a really cool dude and i wanted to uh open the conversation about music and and stuff because um in his episode spoiler alert what you're about to hear is uh part of his process of reclaiming uh his heritage reclaiming his korean culture um and so on um clubhouse a while ago he played a version of arirang which is that's like the korean national anthem but it's like not the korean national anthem but that's like i'm gonna say it's like the korean folks heart song you know like there's something that that moves people really deeply and uh i personally have never really cared for that song probably because i didn't grow up with it and i'm you know an american nothing like a good old my country tis of thee jk uh <laughs> but when he played Arirang on Clubhouse, I was so moved because it was an expression of music that was uh, Korean and adopted. And like that was just such an important uh, confluence of events, confluence of identities, mixed hodgepodge of things. And it meant uh, so much more to me. So, uh, yeah, I guess just to, to broaden it out again um what was a music moment that um you experienced whether it was live music or uh, a particular single or maybe a full record that dropped um that you found was like particularly moving to you and why so for me i have one specific i have a lot of musical moments um and this doesn't have to do with cult like me connecting culturally with anything it's more just a personal moment and memory for me but uh long story short saw my favorite band circus survive in chicago in 2010 in the winter um they had just released their third album blue sky noise which is my favorite album and at the end of the show they were playing the song i felt free and in this song there is a part where the instrumentation drops out and the lead singer anthony green is just singing the refrain um and that part came on in the show and my my best friend and i were watching it and uh 
music and everything drops out and he doesn't even start singing it's just the whole crowd singing that part of the song and i just remember looking at my friend and i'm just like bawling my eyes out i'm like what is happening it was just such an emotional it was just i was so connected to everybody in that building um and it's funny because when i think about that feeling i have inklings of the same feeling when i am in rooms like clubhouse with a bunch of adoptees or when i'm engaging with adoptees it's like uh it's something i don't didn't know that i was waiting for or missing or needed um but it hit it's hit me in the same way um so yeah that's what i mean that's a musical moment for me that stands out a lot and just thinking about it now like I'm somehow recapturing that feeling uh, in a different way through uh, this journey. Well, I mean, I, I love music. I've listened to all different types of music. I've never called oh, myself yeah? a specific. No, I know you're going to say I listen to <laughs> Chopin all day, all night, right? But that's not true. I, I listen to a little bit of everything. I listen Bro, to country didn't music. Happen. I'm just... I, I listen to <laughs> I listen to piano, new age. I listen to you know. Oh my uh, gosh, this is amazing. <laughs> soundtracks. I love soundtracks. And oh, I like soundtracks I too. Okay. Songs that have deep meaning and just like a lot of really good lyrics and emotion, and a lot of people like it, and it just brings you to a really good place, like like uh, like Gangnam Style. That's <laughs> I was not expecting you to say that. Sorry. Uh, I just set you guys up for that one. <laughs> He's like, I hate music. Uh, I like no, music. I, I, I Personally, I mean, I played piano as a kid, so uh, I do like hearing music. Uh, I don't think I've necessarily, I don't know, had any specific moments that have, have uh, reminded me that, uh, um, you know, this is why I like music. But I've, as a kid... And as even in my um, college years, I used to love just listening to instrumental music. So uh, anything that had, um, you know, that's why I joke about Chopin, but I, not just that. I like piano music or guitar music. You know, hey, I, I, I even have, uh, you know, all, all of Kenny G's soundtracks. So I, I, think, <laughs> nice. I, made, I think I made a joke about that in, in Jordan's episode or something. But, <laughs> and I actually got to meet Kenny G, so I got a photo with him. But Nice. What's your favorite soundtrack? I, I I don't know I I ooh that's a tough one I have a lot of soundtracks my actually okay. my first three CDs were soundtracks and I'll tell you them just because they're kind of okay, funny yeah. Cocktail with Tom Cruise, uh, um, Batman, <laughs> nice and Caddyshack. Okay, <laughs> the that original all Batman. over the place. It is all over the place. I know, but for some reason, all three of those. You know, one had Prince. Um, yeah. You know, you can't can't go wrong there. Uh, cocktail had Beach Boys, uh, you know, it just had a, a lot of really. I mean, Kokomo, how popular was that song? Um, I don't know, I wasn't alive then. <laughs> Ageism, Ageism, baby. Oh, yeah, that's one of the things I put on our merch list that we should have on merch. We're not ageist on the show, <laughs> yeah, we're not ageist on the show, and it should just, just be old just graphics of all ageist. Old I'm just going to stop talking because everything I'm talking about is going right over your heads, apparently. <laughs> I don't even know if you've seen the movie Cocktail. No, but I, I have not seen, seen the movie Cocktail. But I've seen the other two movies. Okay. So I'm at least a little bit closer. I got, I'm four years older than KJ, so I'm closer to you. I was very sheltered. Actually, that's maybe not be true. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to stop talking. That's interesting. I like yeah, soundtracks too, though. I definitely get the appeal. I think mm -hmm. there's, it's a mix of songs, but then stuff from the movie that and, and I like movies too. So when I listen to a soundtrack, oh, it's because you? the movie was so good. So like <laughs> one of my guys, favorite soundtracks 
is the Life Aquatic soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Um, such a good one because that Mark Mothersbaugh made what there's a song on there that's so hilarious because the scene is so hilarious and it always takes me back to that when i listen and it's great driving music yeah oh sorry so i i did think of another one maybe some of our listeners have heard it because it was dragon the bruce lee story oh okay um i really like the espn documentary that just came out recently not the no dragon (laughs) i don't remember what that one was called bruce lee story it's yeah i know it's it's a good soundtrack and here's another thing so whenever i'm like sometimes walking around you'll hear music playing in the background uh if it's a soundtrack a lot of the times i can actually tell you what movie it is in um for some odd reason i i remember that's a new segment for the show what sound what movie is what movie was this song in (laughs) for some reason i can remember that we could do it though that's for that's a good audio medium apparently uh that's true yeah this is not part of the show what are we doing what am i fun game (laughs) this is a complete Uh, we're just back in friendship it's fine um okay so my there are a couple of musical moments and uh I don't think that story is very good. I'm going to cut it. Uh, so one of the... Uh, I, like I don't know. I mean, I have lots of I have lots of musical moments. I just... I think it's so... Like, whether it's uh, instrumental or lyric-based, uh, there is something really wonderfully transcendent about music. Uh, mm-hmm. Specifically, like I can remember, um, anytime I listen to Beethoven's uh oh shoot his piano sonata uh pathetique movement two um that one always just takes me to a specific headspace um and and i love it and it is gorgeous and uh john mayer's in repair takes me to a similar headspace um like there's something about those two pieces they sound very different obviously um but i think that there's like this this sense of I mean, literally to quote John Mayer, I'm in repair, right? I'm not together, but I'm getting there. That I think both of those songs really capture. And I think for a long time, that's how I felt. And in some ways still feel, although I feel more like I'm put together now. I just get to augment what exists, you know? But for a long time, I felt like I was just kind of always in repair, even though nothing was outwardly wrong with me. I was like, this is how I feel. Maybe it was just because I was an angsty teenager and my hormones were raging and I was like, everything sucks. Um, but yeah, that's just, uh, so yeah, those are some, like I can specifically remember driving in high school at night and listening to inner pair and was like, this is exactly how I feel. This captures all of the feels right in there. And then in college when I was exposed to Beethoven, I was like, yep, this same song, same, <laughs> they're same, same place. So yeah. So KJ, with your most recent cover that you sang, how did you decide oh, yeah. on that song? How, I mean, um, that, being a Korean song, indie song, yes. right? Yep. How of all the indie songs and of all the Korean songs, how did you decide on that one? Well, I half decided on it because I said no to a different song. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I started working on it because I understood some of the chorus lines, but then there was like a rap in there, and I was like, I'm not ready for this. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so. I, I mean, that was, I just, I listened to the, uh, Dalcom Cafe playlist on Spotify. And so it was just like a bunch of K indie songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, yeah, these all groove the way. I actually really regret my decision to start with It's Raining because it was really difficult. Uh, like yeah. I would just stand at my microphone and do take after take after take to get the Korean down. Uh, so strong regrets. Um, <laughs> but I thought it sounded great. 
So I well, I, I mean, I think it, I think the end product was good, and that's one where like the music came really easy, but the lyrics are really difficult. This, this next cover, the lyrics are really easy because it's a K-pop song, but the music and the production is really difficult. So it's like a fun flip flop where I get to stretch. And then my March song, I think I'm gonna go back to a more challenging uh, Korean like lyrical thing it's from the k drama that i'm watching right now so it's like well i know the music and like i think it'll be fun to do so yeah um that's how i landed on it but i i said like my familiarity with like speaking in the language and singing in the language improved so i feel like i'm able to do that read it faster and do that kind of stuff even though i still don't know what i'm saying <laughs> you said something about the spotify indie channel what, what was that dalcom what yeah, it's Dalcom Cafe, D A L K O M Cafe. There's also a playlist called Kimbops, which is like the, <laughs> the oh, most amazing yeah. play on words. Kimbops. Um, I'm building a workout playlist of like just K pop songs that are absolute oh, nice. bangers. And I wrote out workout in like Hangul, so it's Konglish basically. Yeah, so cool. Anyways, yeah, I'm not just too a... familiar with the, the any Korean music on Spotify other than I, I jokingly say this, the side channel, but. Um, or just you know the <laughs> main high. the main you know the main players Blackpink and BTS and stuff. But as far as anything like indie or uh, other types of music, I didn't even know. I, I don't think I've really even searched what's on there. So Dockham Cafe, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, be my friend. And on if anyone, Spotify, and then you can find them. Yeah, if anyone else is listening that knows of uh, some good, uh, you know, indie Korean artists, Patrick's you know, playlist. This is Arirang eighteen times. <laughs> is it only eighteen? All the different I haven't versions. put any more on for a while. I told people I made it open to share so people could edit it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, my cover playlist is open, so people are like, "Yo, I like this song. You should cover it." But like, maybe I'll think about it. Know. I'd love some submissions there. You uh, so who should we be listening to uh, that you really like that is not Blackpink or BTS or any of the, any <laughs> um, other people? You know, people that yeah, yeah, yeah. I and Nathan have not heard of, or you know, anyone who's potentially listening. <laughs> so I, I mean, that. Hold on, let me pull it up. the The song of the dude who I covered uh, is Vincent Blue, um, and I like that song so i assume the rest of his stuff is good sam kim is a name who i think he's like rising to prominence but he's not like he's not the k-pop production but he's probably pretty popular um but i like his stuff uh, and i've heard a couple of things where he collabs on a bunch of different projects um so yeah sam kim is good vincent blue is good uh, uh cheese spelt with a z uh, okay i love it i was yep. gonna ask is that a z is that a Z I heard? It is. It is a Z <laughs> that you heard. Uh, so yeah, I like those it. are some some artists that I'm gonna tentatively recommend. Don't cancel me if you don't like them. <laughs> if you do like them, please let cancel us know me. in the comments. Then uncancel KJ. No, cancel me if you like them. Don't cancel me if you don't. Oh, okay. This for yeah. discussion. So, anyways, go check those people out after you finish this episode of the podcast. Uh, speaking of finishing this episode of the podcast, we have an interview with Jordan Van Hebert uh, coming up. Part one. This is part yeah, one. part one. Part two will mm-hmm. be dropping uh, next month. Actually, is that right? Yeah, I think it's going to drop on the tenth, exactly thirty days later. Um, okay. Than when this episode comes out. Perfect. So, uh, yeah, Jordan Van Hemert, we had a great interview with him. He has a single coming out in two days when you're uh, when this episode drops. So we're very excited for that. Uh, so so excited to be supporting um, and a, a Korean adoptee who is also a baller musician. Uh, so here is our interview. Who with lives him. in the same town too as my relatives? 
which is crazy. Oh, really? In Michigan. Did we yeah. talk about that? We probably yeah, talked about that. On the episode, talked we talked about that. About that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In All right, we'll get like, into wow. it. You're about to hear it. Here's our episode, part one with Jordan so Van Hemert. Part one. Hey, everybody. Before we get into the interview, I wanted to take a second and tell you about the Hello Korea box that was featured in episode 20. It was so fantastic. Um, we are so grateful to Juliet and Hello Korea box for giving us a box. And Would you like to say box again? <laughs> yep. Hello Korea box uh, is a really fantastic box uh, of goodies. We got K-Beauty. We got K-Lifestyle. We got K-Snacks. Nathan, Patrick, what were your favorite parts? Uh, my favorite part was the <laughs> snacks. I really like the socks. I've worn them many times, and I also like K-Stationery because I didn't know that Koreans had their own stationery. Um, so like My wife told it. me that when I was wearing the socks, it was the most fun socks I own. So, All right. Yes. They... Sounds like you need to spice up your sock game, bro. <laughs> Apparently so, and this, this box is the way to start. Uh, I personally love the pens the most. I use them on the daily. They are amazing. But yeah, like everything in that box was uh, really, really cool. There was two packages of ramen, too. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, I, I forgot that. about yeah. that. Anyways, look, if you were like, man, this stuff is awesome, and uh, I want to get my own box, you can use Janchi15 uh, to get 15% off of your purchase uh, at HelloKoreaBox.com. If you want a little Korean culture in your life, at your home make sure you go to hellokoreabox.com right now use code johnshe15 at checkout to save 15 percent. on with the show we are here with jordan van hemert um today jordan thank you for joining us uh here on the john chi show thanks so much for having me yeah absolutely um, for our listeners, and just so we can get to know you a little bit better, I was wondering if you could kick us off by talking a little bit about uh, your adoption story and growing up wherever you grew up at. Sure, yeah. So I was adopted when I was eight months old uh, from Cheongju, South Korea. And I actually was adopted into a small town not, not very far away from where I live right now, which is really ironic, um, called Zealand, uh, Michigan. And interestingly enough, I had some very mixed, but also very strong feelings about growing up there. And I, when I was 18 years old, I left and like promised myself that I would not go back ever, like li live here again. And now I'm living here <laughs> a stone's throw away in Holland. So life is really funny that way, I think. And, and it's, uh, um, it's full of just wonderful coincidences and uh, also other things. But yeah, I, I grew up in a family of, there were six of us, um, and I, had, I have three other siblings, two of whom are also adoptees, hmm. but they are all, both white. And so they pass oh. as the children mm -hmm. of my parents. So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it was really interesting because it, it like when you look at my family, it's like, oh, you're the only adopted one. Right. And it's like, <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And um, uh, for me growing up, uh, it was a challenge um, as I'm sure you know, from hearing your stories and from hearing, you know, how most adoptees grew up, um, uh, transracial adoptees, uh, you know, we, we 
tend to, I guess, grow up in predominantly white communities. And um, that's how I said everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Did, right. Yeah. A size worth a thousand, a thousand and like a half words. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, growing up and having those experiences, I was often like many people, the only Asian in my class. Um, and except for, um, you know, my, my closest friends were the sons of immigrants and we were all the only, like the only people of color in the classroom. Mm. Um, and we're still close today, actually, where we, with that experience of growing up in such a, um, an othering environment, a, an environment that minoritized all of us, um, with that really brought us together and, and so close that, that we're, we're still close. And as a matter of fact, uh, the photo, um, for my album art and the album art concept is, you know, by one of those people who I'm mentioning. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, yeah. So very close and, and very, um, dear friends, but we grew up and it was very interesting because, you know, there were the typical jokes and the typical things that kids say, um, getting in trouble for things that other kids um, don't necessarily get in trouble for, like having that laser vision on you at all times. Right. Um, it is it is a very, I'll just say it, it's traumatizing. Um, and I, But I didn't know that it was traumatizing. Like I, I had been like, it's like when you start... Um, I think there's a, uh, when you cook something, I don't remember what it is, but you start it in really cold water and then you gradually boil it. And is that a frog it, or a lobster? It might be a frog. I think it's a frog. Lobster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think it might be a frog. So, you know, you start it, you know, off really cold and then you boil it and then the frog dies. And it's like, wait, what's happening to me? Right. I, I really didn't know necessarily that those, that my upbringing was that, um, traumatizing but then i look back on it and it and and hindsight is 2020 yeah and i just and i that phrase is so like played out and cliched and but it's so true um because uh, here here i was um just not aware of the things that were happening to me i then kind of went off to college and ironically what seemed like a less diverse outside of the university town um and that that was really interesting because that was one of the most racist places i've ever been hmm. and so going into that environment it it really it really hit me and that was kind of when i started my journey to my own awareness of who it is exactly that i was slash am um yeah <laughs> So that's, the, I mean, that's kind of the story in a, in a nutshell. It is in some ways kind of standard, I think. Right. But, you know, it is, it is uniquely my own, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you're right. And I think when you say standard, it does, there are beats that are similar. But you're right. It is uniquely your own story. And that was kind of what I was going to ask uh, to follow up when you said, you know, you left Zealand, your hometown. You're like, I'm not going to come back here. And then you just touched on going to an even even worse place essentially um at the start of that journey were you first um actualizing yourself or realizing as an asian american or as an adoptee 
Um, or was there a distinction between, you know, how you came into the identities of either? Yeah, so I had always been hyper aware of the fact that I'm an adoptee. Like, I've always been very aware of that. But it's been in a way that is kind that kind of is like, oh, you're an adoptee. That means you're assimilated. That means you're American. But the problem was growing up, I was painfully aware from the time I was like four or five years old, like most of us, that there was something different. Um, when I was in kindergarten doing the standard coloring thing and uh, another student said, hey, pass me the skin color. So I passed him the color that was closest to my skin. And he threw it back at me and said, that's not the skin color. And, I, and then he reached over and grabbed like a, a white or a peach-ish kind of uh, colored pencil. And I remember being so shocked being like, wait, what just <laughs> happened? Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure I was right. <laughs> um, I think, I think like <laughs> looking down at my hands, like, okay, I think this was the right color. So, you know, it, it was a very, like I said, it was a very um, othering thing. And there are so many other instances um, of that as I was growing up. Um, and so I was always aware though, that I was an adoptee. But my realization of identifying as Asian American, as Korean American particularly, was something that took me a little bit longer um, because culturally I knew that I, you know, I didn't speak Korean. I didn't read or write Hangul. Like it, this, this, this was something really different. Um, so I would say that when I was in college was a time when I was like, self-actualizing toward um, my identity as an Asian American, as that hyphenate um, kind of intersectional person. Yeah. And um, in those moments in college, especially being in a place that was not as diverse and, you know, were, I'm sure, lots of negative experiences that you probably went through personally, um, what were what were some of those first realizations that you were having at that time, if you can recall? Or like, what was that first kind of moment where you're like, okay, I think I am this and I want to explore this further. Mainly it's, I'm, I'm not like a really outwardly uh, vocal or extroverted person um, just by nature. And so when I really started to realize that I, oh, I am Korean American was when um, I would walk into groups of people, predominantly large groups of white people and um, I wouldn't say anything initially. And like people would start making assumptions uh, about me. They would start speaking really loudly, you know, kind of getting all up in my face. Um, they would, they identified me for myself. Um, and that was when I started saying, well, if you guys are going to see me this way anyway, then I might as well start getting to know who I am and what it, what it means to me to be Korean American. Hmm. I think it's really interesting the way I think that, because I think in that situation for a lot of people, it's you can either go the route you did and choose to engage, or you can go in the opposite direction and it can be a really negative experience yeah. to, to take out of that. Um, what did you, I mean, 
in those moments where you're like, okay, you guys are labeling me. I guess I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to claim it for myself. What was like that feeling? Did you feel like it could have like at any moment teetered on to into an, a different direction or were you, did you feel pretty affirmed and confident as you made that move to explore uh, that part? I have been, I, I would say um, it was a little bit more tenuous at the beginning. Um, college is, um, and this is why I love teaching and I love um, teaching at the college level. It's a time of self-discovery and um a lot of, you know, my students are in the same place or a similar place, at least that I was in that we are looking for an identity, looking for someone, something to be. And, um, up until that point, I barely saw Asian people like anywhere, anywhere. And I, I remember, like the kinds of media that I gravitated toward my favorite show growing up was family matters. Mm-hmm. And it was because like the main character portrayed by Reginald Bell Johnson, Carl Winslow was a person of color who was like a man of integrity and this person fighting for the doing the right thing. And, and he was the, he was as weird as it sounded. He was one of the only people of color that I saw uh, in the media and um, the first person I ever heard that was uh, Asian play saxophone, Kenneth Che, I, I will never forget like getting his CD at the suggestion of a teacher. And my teacher probably didn't even know that he did this for me. But I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, this guy is very, I mean, he looks more similar to me than, you know, any of these other artists, um, any of these other French dudes. Because um, there's a, a long history of playing saxophone in France, but anyway, I, you know, seeing uh, when I saw Kenneth Dr. Che, I like it was very very transformative for me because I thought, oh, maybe I can do this. Maybe this is someone that I can be. And and so uh, getting back to your question, Patrick, having having those kind of things in my mind but I, I still didn't really know in, in college who I was or who I wanted to be. And so I, I guess when I, it was tenuous, but I thought if I was going to take the oppressive side of this, like if, if the, if people were going to make comments about my driving and if they were going to make assumptions, um, I had a math teacher, a math professor who, um, uh, was commenting on my handwriting, which is atrocious in its own right. And, uh, on, on my test. And I, I was like, Oh, you know, was it, was this okay? Were you able to read, you know, all of the work that I wrote down? And she said, well, yeah, it was surprisingly not too bad. Um, and you know, with like, uh, most Asian languages, you know, they're, they're very jagged like that. They're, you know, very, and, and I, you know, just like you write. And I was like, have you seen my last name though? <laughs> yeah. And, well, and I was like, if my, if, I mean, my handwriting can be bad just because it's bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, with, with those, if I was going to experience those things, I made the decision to try to um, also embrace the parts of myself that, that I, I do believe are, you know, Korean and Korean American. And that's, that became like really important to me as I journeyed through 
you know, higher ed and now as, as a professor. That's great. I, I love the fact that you've went into it like that. I, I think that there's a lot of stereotypes for Asians and especially, I mean, maybe Korean adoptee Asians that again, we run into where we think, Oh, you, you should know this, or you should know that, or you should write like this or sound like this mm-hmm. or Absolutely. do these types of things. You should drive this. And you just went for it. Uh, I think I kind of did the same thing and, and, uh, like I started playing table tennis and I, I was like, well, I'm going to fall into this. I'm going to go with it. And so I, I <laughs> became right. like a competitive table tennis player. I, I drove like an Acura Integra. So yeah, sure. I'm, I'm driving, you know, some Asian <laughs> Japanese cars and put a big subwoofer in the trunk. Ah, sure. I don't care. There you <laughs> go. Just a NOS in the tank. <laughs> yeah, one quarter mile right. at a time. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I think I don't, didn't mind it at one point, except because it was my decision to do it. Not somebody else's prejudgment or somebody else's a suggestion you should do this or things like that. I was like, no, this is something I actually like and something I want to do. And uh, even with music, like, you know, there could be all kinds of stereotypes. I mean, I played the piano, you know, as well. So, um, you know, again, a stereotype. But, hey, there's a lot of people that play piano. <laughs> right. So. Absolutely. And I really appreciate you just sharing very openly your experiences and, you know, the feelings and things that you went through. And... I know we're having you on here and we're going to talk about your your project and your music, but your story has mm-hmm. just been very interesting. And, and now I can want to keep asking follow-up questions on that a little bit. Um, well, the music comes from the story. The <laughs> exactly. music comes, you know, as a reflection of who I am. So ask away. No, you know, absolutely. Pretty much an open book. <laughs> absolutely. Um, and this might come out in this, but what were the first things that you engaged in as you took the, those steps you talked about you know what you started to embrace on in the korean american side of you and like in i'm assuming either cultural or or whatever the case is i know obviously music what were those first things that you first engaged with and took in and what stuck with you the most uh as you've moved along in this journey so the first thing actually was definitely food <laughs> when i was uh in my undergraduate career the the place where i went to college um they got their first Korean restaurant. And I was really excited because before I had, you know, for class projects and such, you know, I had made kimchi and um, it had always been this like, uh, this thing that was held against me. Like uh, people walked by and they smelled my locker and they were like, what, what is that? That smells awful. (laughs) <laughs> like, why would you ever, like, did somebody, like, what, what is, is somebody playing a joke on you? You know, um, it, why does it smell so terrible? And, and I was like, that's weird. I, I, I really, I kind of enjoy it. I think it smells <laughs> and tastes good. Um, and of course, you know, it, me coming up making kimchi for a class project, it was not overly, you know, scientific. Um, but there were times when I was actually in high school Going back to um, this, I, I, you know, I ate kimchi growing up whenever I could because um, I liked it. I, I and I still do. I really like how it tastes. I think it's really crisp and and uh, refreshing. Um, we like kimchi here, so we feel you. Yeah. Feel you oh, I'm, I, <laughs> I love that. Um, so, and in high school, you know, there were, uh, you know, people were talking about uh, in my class. Oh yeah, favorite, you know, favorite foods and people are talking about like, you know, all of these different things. And I was like, well, I really like kimchi. And one of my and my teacher asked, I still remember this, uh, like, what what is that? 
And I was like, uh, it is kind of, and cause you know, I couldn't really explain it right. um, to an adult. <laughs> um, I was like, I, I, it's like pickled cabbage, I guess. Um, and he was like, who eats pickled oh. cabbage? Like Whoa. who would eat that? And oh, somebody, somebody suggested something else that I, I found disgusting. And I don't remember what this is, but uh, his, retort to my face because apparently I made a face. He said, well, it's better than pickled cabbage. And I was like, dang, wow, dude, that's like really offensive. And it's yeah. hilarious because now like, like gochujang and like kimchi are all like really in vogue yeah. from a culinary standpoint. Like people are like, Oh yeah. Like let's throw kimchi on this burger or like, <laughs> um, or like doesn't don't, I mean, don't you have like a gochujang wing sauce or something like that? Um, so it's hilarious because it, like all of these things that, um, that I think we were made fun of for liking as kids, um, now suddenly are like, wait, you accept this now? Yeah. <laughs> but you accept it when it's coming from like a, like a white lens, like right. through a, through a, like a, like, okay, we can have the kimchi burger, but you don't want kimchi jjigae. Right. I, I get that. Okay. So, um, going back to the, back to the question, um, I, I first started like engaging with, um, kind of the food side of things. And, um, I loved the, loved the food so much, um, that I just started trying to make stuff. And, and as weird as this sounds like it, you know, and learning to make different dishes from my Korean friends and, and, uh, those things really helped me feel close to um, who I was from a cultural standpoint. And I, I mean, I didn't go to like Korean school or anything like that, but that, I mean, it was a way that, that, I, and it still is a, is a way that I really like to own my culture. Um, music, uh, ironically, music didn't come along until more recently, but I've always loved uh, Korean folk music and, uh, you know, those sorts of, of influences in music. So, um, long answer to your, to your question, TLDR, well, whatever the <laughs> listening equivalent of that is, um, uh, food first, then, uh, through music. Yeah. I think that that's one of the things that we enjoy here on the show is just engaging in a food item. And <laughs> we're eventually going to hopefully do more like actual like entree style dishes and stuff like that. I don't know when we're going to make that crop up, but once we figure out how to actually produce <laughs> yeah, that yeah, content, I was gonna say, <laughs> the fact that you know how to make kimchi already already is much better than all three of us. Cause yeah. none of us have ever made it before. So uh, we will be completely new. I think just like engaging on that level, like you said, you know, making the food and I hadn't really kind of thought about it this way in terms of making it, but just the act of making brings you closer, can give you that mm -hmm. feeling of being closer to the culture. And I think um, food, as is music, those are the two things really that are that can be universal and defy the language barriers uh, that exist between different cultures and countries. Uh, food and music can do that. And obviously, those are things that uh, you're involved in and really enjoy. And so how did you... So you play the saxophone and I do. For, yep. for our listeners that didn't know or don't know and myself included, how did, when did you pick up the sax and 
what was the, what was your motivation there? Were you always been a jazz fan, or what's that look Kenny like? Kenny G. <laughs> <laughs> great, great question. Uh, great, great question. So when I was very young, my grandfather died, and um, excuse me, and my family inherited his CD collection. And you've got to keep in mind that this is the like early to mid nineties. So CDs are kind of like, they're the cool thing to have. Mm-hmm. Cause before that <laughs> I had tapes, cassette tapes, um, and listened to those. But then all of a sudden, like we were, my family was seemingly blessed with a wealth of CDs. <laughs> so this was really cool. And I had really liked listening to music. I enjoyed hearing my brother and sister uh, practice the piano. Um, and so I just sat down in the living room of my parents' house where the stereo was, and I just listened to each CD one by one. And the one that stopped me in my tracks was uh, The Essential Charlie Parker. Mm. And I will never forget sitting in my parents' living room and listening to that record because I played it over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And then, then I had to get my own CD player um, <laughs> and play it over and over and over again. And something that I noticed is um, on this record cover, um, and I keep saying record um, as like a slang word for recording, just, you know. Right. But, um, <laughs> but I, I noticed that with, with this album, um, Charlie Parker, again, as an African-American, it, it was the closest thing that was to somebody like me that I had seen up until that point. And it, I just kept listening and listening. The sound of the saxophone was to me very, um, like I, I just, I fixated on it. I, I couldn't get it out of my head. And so um, that really made me want to play saxophone. And also my older brother played saxophone and I wanted to do everything that he did because it was so cool. (laughs) And, um, I grew up listening to him, uh, practice. Um, so I, I had to play saxophone, uh, when I, you know, got, got started. Um, and it's really interesting because I, I don't know that I was originally thinking of being a professional musician, but it was at one of those career days. Um, (laughs) in in like middle school where they're like you guys should really start getting your lives together um, <laughs> and uh, middle school the time when all of us get our lives together. Wait, yeah that's right exactly <laughs> and never change <clears throat> that's right so so at one of those like career days you know pe- we were going around the room and and we were asked what uh we wanted to be when we grew up and i had no idea i was like i don't I don't even know. Well, you know what? I really like saxophone, so maybe it would be cool to be a professional musician. And that seed was planted, but did not really (laughs) get watered or bear fruit. You know, (laughs) I just knew that I loved playing the saxophone, but I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know you could do that. Right. (laughs) I had no idea that this was a viable career option. Um, and, uh, so that's kind of a little bit of how I, you know, got into playing saxophone, but yeah, I always, uh, to answer part of your question, Patrick, um, I, I always gravitated toward jazz, 
uh, because that was where I saw uh, the highest quantity of musicians who looked uh, similar to me. Um, and I don't know if you guys found this also growing up, but if you couldn't find like an Asian or particularly a Korean role model uh, looking to African-Americans and the African-American community um, for people of color uh, to look up to, that's just something um, that up until now I thought was really weird about the way I grew up. But um, I have heard since that other, um, like other, other people, other adoptees particularly did that as well. Hmm. Yeah, I've never thought of it that way. I, I, I always gravitated toward martial arts films. I always enjoyed oh, sure. watching, yeah, just yeah, yeah. watching anything that like, you know, Jackie Chan or, yeah. or, or, you know, anything like that is, was the, my media source, I guess, as far as, um, um, stuff online, but, or stuff in the media. Yeah, I don't think I had a strong enough sense of race to um, lean one way or the other. I mean, most of, I most of the people. I mean, like, so like John Mayer is my hands down my favorite guitar player, and so yeah, like yeah. most of my approach to guitar is modeled after his approach. But like, I That's cool. couldn't name any really. Uh, I mean, I can name maybe a few like artists, but not like uh, key. Like you think of them as a guitar player first, like people of color. Um, I think it's time for food, right? Yes, it is time for food. Um, the project, the, the the album is I Am Not a Virus. The guest is Jordan Van Hemert. We will be right back after this with a little bit of food. We are back here with Jordan Van Hemert, and uh, we are trying our food portion today we have a little package of looks like chocolate coated biscuits so uh mine's empty we are eating <laughs> it was part of jerry's mystery box mystery but, it's uh, not a mystery anymore they it's not yeah a mystery. they weren't labeled so we're just like the guest is like here's what i got and we're like all right well i guess we'll try to figure out based on the, the shapes <laughs> so so yeah Cancho. Lotte, Cancho, and Choco Biscuit. Jordan uh, let us know that he had a little bit of trouble locating the item that Jerry had asked him to try and find. So, Jordan, why don't you tell our listeners and viewers uh, what you have brought to the table today? I have Hello Panda, um, and Hello Panda uh, is a similar biscuit, um, but I just could not find <laughs> it's very the, similar yeah sure. and the reaction to to calling around and asking for cancho uh <laughs> to like korean grocery stores is was really hilarious um because as you guys probably know that the word doesn't have a meaning in korean so i appreciate the effort like of cancho? calling around looking for this item that's yeah well especially on I, I did one blind <laughs> i did one blind and was like i'm not wasting this this transit time again like, <laughs> i appreciate nice. it this packaging is pretty adorable it yeah. is pretty cute so. i don't know i just think with the meaning like kancho is like a little sinister to me why i have no idea what it could possibly mean <clears throat> oh so uh-oh <laughs> oh, i'm sorry no i don't know in. if i can I, I don't know if I can mention this on air, but... Um, we say a lot of things on air. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Then I feel better about this. Um, so are you guys familiar with um, 
tongue team? Um, no. It sounds familiar, it does sound but I don't familiar. know why it sounds familiar. So it's this like Korean game, and and so Kancho is the Japanese equivalent, but it's this Korean game where you put your hands together, kind of like a gun, and then go <laughs> and poke somebody's. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, oh, that's why I know nice. what that is. <laughs> oh yeah, because they do that on Kim's Convenience. Oh, they sure do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they do. I forgot about that. That is what they do. Yeah, <laughs> so gym. that's what they call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the um, like, I I can't think of anything other than that. Uh, that is hilarious. Well, that's amazing. We learn something new every day. That, is, that has right. me thinking about these in a completely different way. I, I know, right? Like, yeah. okay. Well, I'm actually like, noticing the way that my package opens, too. Yeah. Notice it almost looks like a dryer sheets. Oh, I, I did. I wasn't <laughs> thinking that, but you're right. You that's weren't thinking really dryer funny. sheets? I was thinking dryer sheets. But but I like it because yeah. you can quickly just take out the box. and It's super easy to open. Yeah. yeah it's freaking you have more cute characters. I always appreciate oh, this is, the I like this. interior packaging, too. Like yeah. the second layer. Yeah, I like very chocolatey like smelling. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like right. that. And I have had Hello Panda, so oh. I can do a, a pretty good. Oh, was there had any interior before. design yeah. on the Hello Panda? Uh, yeah. No, not really. Just the like AG. Oh yeah, no, yeah, that's cute. Yeah, like huh. a little red. All right. Have you had those um, before? The Hello Panda. Cookies? I have. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I like it. Go. With I'm what confused you know. about the design on these. They look like little dice. Like little dice. It's like a little square on it. Nine and it's like obvious. I got like a right. little thing that's got two on it, and then I have one that's got one. I have one that I has know, five like, on it. Five? Like yeah, it's dice. Like pulled, it's like a dice. Yeah, I think face. I pulled a six. See? Oh. There you go. All right. Huh. For your next D and D game. These are nice. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. This is much better than squid balls. <laughs> oh, this one's a hand. I got a hand on this one. Nice. Yeah, see, that's mm. the, um... It's got to oh, yeah. hide by your tongue. That's the... <laughs> nope. Oh, God. <laughs> that is hilarious. I want to go watch this that episode delicious. now. Man, I could eat this whole box real quick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I don't have a lot else to say. It's a delicious ba- biscuit with, with chocolate, chocolate in it. And, uh... Yeah. There's not, not much you can say. chocolate-filled biscuit or item on the show. One pack oh. is at 200 calories. Hmm. This feels like a, a Valentine's Day thing. Although, yeah. I saw that, like, I think Koreans have, like, a bunch of different holidays, like, every month, and they're all related to relationships, so oh, really? it's not just, uh, hmm. not just Valentine's Day. Yeah, there's, like, know. there's, like, a singles day, and then, like, a, there's, like, a white day, and a black day, and a green day, and they all mean, like, different, like, okay. relationship status things. I don't know. So, anyways... <laughs> It's a really cute gift. I'm sure yeah. they're all the rage in like high schools and things. Mm. Um, I can't let my kids find these. They'll eat them all. <laughs> yeah. Jordan, uh, tell me about the Hello Pandas. The Hello Pandas are really good. Um, but, you know, you guys made me jealous. I almost <laughs> wish I was around for Squid Balls. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you, yeah, they were it's okay. A, it's a real they choice. Okay. Yeah. Peanut. I'll, uh, I'll let you know what the Korean is so you can <laughs> call around and see if they're available yeah. at your store. <laughs> there you go. The <laughs> yeah, these are good. I mean, it's just like a little biscuit. Uh, as oh, you yeah. Can see. Very similar. Yeah. Filled, to the filled with chocolate. Very similar looking to yours. Tasty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not a lot to 
Not a lot to misinterpret, you know. Yeah. Very, very. I want to know why there's dice faces on these, though. That's my one question. Not I the, feel I'm like there's probably that. some kind of like game that you could play. You know, roll that's like them all meant out to, or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't, that feels like a weird marketing thing that exists. This is just a repurposed dryer package. <laughs> I'm almost positive. Yeah, <laughs> these are pretty good. All right, All right. Jo- Jordan. I know you're not having these, but you're having the Hello Pandas. I am. What do you What do you rate those as far How as how many like, pandas scale? do you give it out of five? Out of five. Oh out man, five. four. I, I would give it four out of five pandas. It's, four out of five. It's a It's a yummy little snack. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, typically I'm into a lot more. Uh, savory things, mm, um, but these are really—they're still very good. So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, four out of five pandas. All right, four out of. How five about pandas. you guys? What do you think about like tancho? Mm. <laughs> 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 all right, well, I'll go. I'm giving it a four out of five. The only reason it's bumped one star or one. Concho is because there wasn't enough. I'm already done. Wow. I already ate all these. You're already done? Impressive. Yeah. Oh! There was <laughs> dust in here. There was concho dust in here. Do not tip it over. It will spill on you. Dang it. I'm doing my best to Four say out something, Sarah, after Four the out recording. Of five. All right. I'm going to go five out of five. How much I like Wow, them. five out of five. Yeah. Wait, four out of five what and five out of five what? <clears throat> Conchos. Oh, four out of five conchos? Yeah. All right, Nathan, five out of five what? Five out of five high five dice looking things. All right. Dice. Five right. out of five high fives. I like it. Yep. Uh, I'm also going to give mine five out of five repurposed dryer sheet boxes. Uh, <laughs> this is delicious. It's super yeah. cute and wonderful. And uh, yeah, would absolutely eat the whole thing. And um, like Jordan, I'm more of a savory person, you know? Yeah. Uh, like listeners of our show will know, you know, right. I they like do those know savory things. Yep, it is canon in but, our uh, show that KJ likes this savory. Is delicious and perfect and wonderful. So, thank you, Lote. Yeah, feeling thanks, that, Lote. Feeling that love. Good job. Um, feeling that love. I'm just gonna go on record and say that Concho is better than Hello Panda. Mm. Having never had it, I'm just gonna project that. Yeah, I have had. I'm just gonna claim that. So my comparison would be that this has more chocolate in it mm. than the Hello Panda does. Oh, and it makes okay. it better. Uh, I feel like it's a little bit bigger, rounder, whereas the Hello Pando is kind of more of like a kind of, I wouldn't call it a rectangle, but it's... Yeah, it's a little kind it's, of a rectangle. It's a little thinner, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So this one feels like it's got more chocolate in it. Huh. So I, I think I like this one better. But Well, um, Jerry, if you're listening, is, send Jordan uh, some concho <laughs> so he can try it out since he couldn't find it. Pair. But he did try. Yeah. He did try. But take Thank that, you. Hello yeah. Panda. <laughs> uh, Jordan, where can people find you? On the internet. On the internet, people can find me on Facebook and Instagram at jvanhemusic, um, J-V-A-N-H-E music. And, um, oh, also on YouTube, uh, please copy and paste that link because it is a random string of letters and numbers Um, because I don't have enough subscribers yet uh, to have have a um, channel name in my link. So if you're so inclined... It would be cool to have <laughs> hit that 100 subscribers. Yeah, smash that yes, subscribe yes. button. Hit that bell. Also hit it on ours as well, please. Also on ours, please. Yeah. I'm a subscriber to the John Chi Show. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. Well, we got to subscribe we got to you. One. We're close. We're at so 83. We can give you three. Yeah, I know. We're like, or 82. Like 15 oh, my away. gosh. So close. Yeah. So close. 
All right. But, um, you can find me at Patrick in the world on Instagram at Patrick Armstrong everywhere else. You can find me at No Walk Photo and uh, all over Facebook. <laughs> My joke failed. No, I'm going to cut it. Yeah, that was a fail on that one. All right. Look, um, I'm not perfect. You can find me at KJ Relke <laughs> on all the places on the internet. You can find us at the John Chi Show on all the places on the internet or send us an email to John Chi Show at justlikemedia.com. And uh, if you would be so kind and please leave us a rating slash review, it really helps us, uh, you know, top those iTunes charts and get our uh, show out into the world for other CADs who are searching for CAD created content because um, we need more of it. So please do that. It would be really, really fantastic.